0: to the Doggy Juice Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 98, Thursday, October 29th, 2020. And hello to all of you wonderful listeners out there. We're only two episodes away from a pretty major milestone here, aren't we? I have a very fun pod for all of you this week, a shorter one too. I know we've been running long the past few weeks, but we've had so many exciting things happening here at Doggy Juice Pod headquarters lately, and obviously... There's a lot happening out there right now in the world of sports, and particularly in our little corner of the world here in the world of sports betting. Uh, No sit-down interview this week, which is why this episode will be a lot shorter than previous few weeks. But we will hear from our pal the Danimal and also from the Sage, a.k.a. Better Call Paul, later on in the pod when we get to the NFL. They each have some plays for you, and of course, we'll close out the episode with the official Doggy Juice Pod NFL Plays of the Week for Week 8, and I also have some more, I have more college football plays on the pod this time around than previous weeks, so stay tuned for those as well. But before we get started, I have a very exciting announcement to make. Starting this week, Dimers.com is kicking off a weekly NFL free-to-play contest called the NFL Sweet Six. The rules are simple, you answer six questions involving that week's NFL games, five Sunday games and the Monday night game. And if you go 6-0, and o, you take home a $1,000 cash prize. That's a dime for all of you people out there who, are not, who aren't familiar with the term. There's no gimmicks to this at all before kickoff every Sunday for the remainder of the NFL regular season. All you have to do is log in at freetoplay.dimers.com, register for free, and try your luck. For the $1,000 jackpot, in terms of the questions themselves, the six questions each week, they're going to be a mixture of multiple choice, props, and simple two-way, yes-nos, or who's going to win this game, who's going to cover the spread. But the final question each week will be the first touchdown score on the Monday night game. For those of you OG, Doggy Juice Pod listeners out there, this is very similar to the original doggy juice pod challenge which i started back on episode three over two years ago when i posted lines from this variation of the westgate super contest that i take part in every year called the chicago super contest and i told listeners to send in their favorite five plays against the spread based off those lines that i posted and if you went five and oh you won twenty five dollars well Former guests, the Zizzle Bizzle and Philly Fran, cleaned me out pretty good that fall. They had a few, each of them had multiple 5-0s, and O's if I'm not mistaken. And, and this new contest with dimers is very similar to that, only with this one you can win a dime and not 1 of a dime. So, like I said, I'll post a link to the contest on the Doggy Juice Twitter each week but you can find it over at dimers.com as well. And don't hesitate to reach out to me privately. If you have any questions on the contest, I would love to see one of you listeners out there take home that bacon, especially early on this week. Let's get it, baby. We're off to another or we're coming off yet another winning week on the doggy juice pod official plays. It's been a terrific season here on those plays, but just another friendly reminder that winning every single week is simply unsustainable. So wager accordingly we're going to have the the good streaks and the good runs along with the bad runs obviously trying to hit 55% over time when laying minus 110 uh, is is our goal here and it's a very difficult task obviously but we've been we've been doing so the past few weeks uh, it's been a really nice run that we're on but we're also incredibly fortunate we were very fortunate in a few games last week it's important to note that and acknowledge it so Iowa State catching three and a half at Oklahoma State was my favorite college play of the week last week. And as kickoff approached, that line moved and dipped below three. It was a pretty tight game the whole way, but the Cyclones were down 10, um, heading, you know, down the stretch there. And they did backdoor the game to three at the very end in very fortunate fashion for our Cyclones backers. Uh, on the NFL side of things, we... Shared similar fortune with the Lions at the Falcons and the Cardinals catching 3.5 against the Seahawks on Sunday night. And also on the Browns, if you laid the 3 with them like I did uh, when that was out there, that line ended up closing 4, 4.5. And And obviously that missed extra point by Cody Parkey, who all of my fellow Chicagoans remember so well. Um, (laughs) Missing that extra point swung a lot of money last week, but if you were able to get on the right side of that line, you could have at least pushed with the Browns and you would have won your ticket, obviously, with... Um, with the Bengals last week. But all of those were wild endings, and I think we have been unlucky. We would have been unlucky not to cash the Lions plus three, plus two and a half after Gurley accidentally went into the end zone there. But we can't ignore how fortunate we were to get that final drive by Maddie Stafford that culminated in that fourth down play to win it at the very end. I honestly think that last Sunday's witching hour for all of you familiar with the red zone phrase, but last Sunday's witching hour was the wildest witching hour I've witnessed in years. Personally, that last half hour, just so many games hung in the balance. It's hard to argue against that with all of those close finishes last week. Teasers absolutely cleaned up for us yet again last weekend, including our official Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week, moving our record on that to 5-1 this season after skipping one of the weeks. All four of my favorite... Targeted teaser legs from the pod last week came through. The Lions up to plus 8.5, the 49ers to plus 8, the Saints down to minus 1.5, and and the Chargers down to minus 1.5. And then the Titans and Steelers both got there, depending on if and when you bet on each side during the week in that game. Unfortunately, the teaser board doesn't look as appetizing this weekend, but more on that later on the podcast. A special congrats to the LA Dodgers. I'm finally winning the World Series earlier this week, per RJ Bell at RJ in Vegas. The last ten years, 28 teams have been 10 to one or better to win the World Series entering the season, and of those 28, they went 0 and 28. Well, the Dodgers this year were the favorites to start the season and won. They broke that spell, and they've already opened up as favorites next year to repeat. And in terms of our Chicago, our local Chicago teams here, and obviously big news this morning, earlier on Thursday, with Tony La Russa being named the new manager for the White Sox. But local Chicago teams, we're starting to see a changing of the guard in the sense that odds makers are obviously expecting the White Sox to outperform the Cubs by a pretty substantial margin next year. Depending on where you shop, the White Sox are in the 10-1 to 1 to 15-1 to 1 range. I even saw them at 16-1 to 1, uh, offshore at online earlier on Thursday. And the Cubs are much longer. They're in the 25-to-1 range right now. So that's interesting uh, interesting development. Updated presidential odds. And as always, to be clear, this is not a political podcast. So we're, all we're doing here is objectively looking at the betting markets for the purpose of finding betting value. Having said that, I urge all of my fellow Americans out there to exercise the right to vote in this monumental election coming up on Tuesday of next week. Right now, Joe Biden is in the minus 180 to minus 200 range, depending on where you shop, with Trump in the plus 160 to plus 180 range on the take back. We've been tracking this here on the Doggy Juice Pod over the past few months, and the odds have stayed roughly in the same range ever since there was a move on Biden in the markets a month or two ago. I'm personally sitting on some Biden 8-1 to from May of last year. Special shout-out to recent podcast The Dobezilla for pointing that one out to me at the time. And I've hedged that with Trump already to lock in a nice profit regardless of the outcome, but I know none of you care about other people's bets. But one thing to pay special attention to is the state-by-state markets because you can really find some value there, and there was a terrific listen earlier this week on Gil Alexander's show and numbers game at VEASAN. Um, it was from a few days ago. He dove into those state markets, and you can find that the link to that discussion by searching Beating the Book, his podcast on Apple Podcasts. What happened was Bill he, uh, Gil he brought on two guests, each seemingly on both sides or on either side of the aisle, and they both interestingly concluded that There's some solid Trump value in some states, particularly some of the Rust Belt states at a nice plus price and also in Nevada. But at the same time, they both believe that there's value on Biden to win the election outright at minus 200 or better. Of course, we can't legally wager on the elections here in the U.S. at regulated books, but you can, obviously, in other jurisdictions outside the U.S. But that's something I expect to change in the coming years here in the United States. And when it does, holy hell Will you be shocked at the amount of handle that these political markets attract? I know there was more money wagered on Brexit than the Super Bowl across the pond a few years back, and you better believe that there's a lot of money wagered on this 2020 U.S. presidential election. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next week uh, regardless, but yeah, just buckle (laughs) buckle up, everybody. All right, it's time to talk some football. Let's dive into Week 9 of the 2020 college football season. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Getting all swollen. COVID-19 continues to impact the college football landscape, and that's a trend that looks like it will only continue to pick up steam in the coming weeks, regardless of your personal viewpoints on COVID, just the way the rules are written for some of these leagues, particularly the Big Ten, where you have to wait a long time with multiple COVID tests if you test positive. Uh, Wisconsin-Nebraska was just canceled due to COVID issues with Wisconsin. It's legitimately in question whether or not Wisconsin can even get this done And then play next week, too. And given the current state of things here in the Midwest with COVID, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that there's more of these issues coming on the way. And there's also another game canceled with Marshall and FIU. The MAC and the Pac-12 are slated to start next week, which for us means more games to cap. But for the bookies, more games to put up so we can really pick our spots. And in terms of uh, value on the board this week, laying points seems to be the theme this week, at least, in terms of value that I'm finding on my power ratings. One of my favorite college football plays this Saturday is Cincinnati laying six and a half against Memphis uh, at home on Saturday morning. Anything under a touchdown here is a very strong play numbers-wise, but also situationally, since he has looked every bit the part so far this season, Uh, especially with that very strong defense, while Memphis, meanwhile, has lost some key players that opted out before the season started and after the season started, a stud running back, stud wide receiver. They're going up against the toughest defense in the league, one that limited a very strong SMU offense to 3.4 yards per play last week. Cincinnati's quarterback, Ritter, he's a stud. And I think that this spot is just perfect for them. Uh, they match up very well against the Memphis defense. And on top of that, we have double revenge from last year. Uh, for those of you that don't remember, the Cincinnati uh, lost to Memphis in back-to-back weeks to close out the year. Last year, one of them was in the conference title game. So no doubt this game has been circled on Cincinnati's calendar. And I know the Dimers bot over at dimers.com likes this one as well. Head over to the quick pick section over at Dimers to see what edge the Dimers bot gives each matchup this weekend. But um, in this spot, it's um it's a 4.4% edge with Cincy. So I agree. Give me the Bearcats at the consensus six and a half out there in the marketplace right now. <coughs> it's not an ideal spot situationally, but Indiana laying 10 on the road at Rutgers screams value on my numbers. I had these teams separated by about 20 points to start the season, and yes, Rutgers beat Michigan State last weekend outright as underdogs, but I still expect there to be some growing pains over there early on, even with Shiano in charge. I'm long-term bullish on Rutgers with Shiano at the helm, but not in this spot. And per couch football handicapper Brad Powers, the Hoosiers outgained Rutgers by 500 yards in their game last year. Yes, Rutgers has improved, but so has Indiana. It is a classic letdown spot for the Hoosiers after that emotional overtime win over Penn State last week. So now a flat spot is certainly foreseeable traveling to Rutgers for their second game of the year. But you can also say the same about the home team here after upsetting Sparty last week. So at 10 or better, I can justify laying it with a much better team in this matchup. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, my Iowa Hawkeyes are laying 2.5 at home against Northwestern. I think that's a bit of an overreaction, um, adjusting after last week's results as well. And at minus 2.5, I showed just enough on Iowa to back them here for a smaller position. But again, we can't legally wager on that here in the state of Illinois because Northwestern is involved. Uh, Lawmakers, try and figure that out because you not making it legal doesn't keep people from betting it. And if you keep the bets... Above board and regulated and legal here, it's a lot better for integrity, which is the very reason why you're trying to keep people from betting on it legal here in the first place. But, uh, again, off the soapbox on that issue. And then, also in the Big Ten, pizza money on Illinois catching the full touchdown at home against Purdue. I make that game up uh, just over five and a half, but same deal. Can't bet that game in a regulated book here in the land of Lincoln also. <coughs> Elsewhere, in terms of big dogs this week... Kentucky plus 17 at home against Georgia. That line has moved up to 17 after sitting at half, 15 earlier in the week. Talk about correlation here with the total sitting at half. If you do have a book, I don't, there's not any I could think of that will allow you to parlay those together, but obviously a huge correlation on dog and under, favorite and over there, but especially dog and under. Um, but Kentucky had a flat spot last week, losing to Missouri on the road after dismantling Tennessee 34-7 to the week prior as six-point underdogs. Yes, Georgia's off its bye week, but I think that's partly why this line has continued to move on the Bulldogs throughout the week, up to 17 now, which is a relatively key number. The Kentucky offensive line is one of the strongest in the nation, and if they can establish themselves early on, I think this is a spot where they can easily keep this game within two scores. Look to diversify your portfolio on the game with some Kentucky first half as well. Georgia's shown a propensity to start slow this year, and I think that can be the case this weekend, especially against a more physical team like Kentucky that likes to get rough and dirty. Another dog on my card this week is the Charlotte 49ers catching 10 points at Duke this weekend. I scooped up 10.5 on Sunday night uh, when this line was still relatively young, but that one's moved to as low as eight and a half, nine 9 at some spots, but I do see some 10s out there as I record this for you Illinois people. The Camby books are at 10, plus 10, minus 115, which is still a go on my numbers. Um, and Charlotte's a live dog here. I think that you can really, you should scoop or at least sprinkle some money line at plus 280, plus 2, 290 in that range. A uh, very important aspect to consider in this game is the fact that many of these Charlotte players um, grew up in the same area as the Duke players, so it's a spot where many of them played together back in the day, and it's a pride thing for a lot of them and definitely a game where that Charlotte's had circled on their calendar all year, and Charlotte is a strong quarterback in this game, and I think that they can keep this game within a touchdown for sure. The market looks like it's agreeing with me, so grab that plus 10 while you can. I do like laying the 16.5 with Ole Miss this week at Vandy. It's a spot where I think they can put up points at will against a Vandy team that's giving up 7.1 yards per play to opponents this year so far. You usually don't hear me giving out too many big favorites like this on the doggy juice pod, but I think Ole Miss is in a prime spot to pour it on. Saturday and win that game by twenty or more points. <laughs> and then in terms of marquee matchups on Saturday, uh, with LSU, with yeah LSU Auburn. My numbers definitely lean Auburn plus three at home, but now I'm starting to see two and a halfs out there. So shop around. I think uh, the Canby books are allowing you to get three at minus one twenty right now. Still double check. Yes, yes they do. So if you can get that, I think that's worthy of a play. But nothing above minus one twenty catching three in that spot. But both those teams are coming off. Rebound wins after losing outright as big favorites in their previous game: LSU to Missouri and Auburn to South Carolina. So um, that one's I think worthy of a look on the dog, but it's just showing, so really not for not for too big of a position at all. And then. Similarly, similar line, Houston catching plus 3 at home against Central Florida. It's definitely a strong lean on my numbers as well. It's worthy of a small play at 3, something more serious if it gets to 4 and above, but that looks like the same deal. It looks like it's starting to go down to consensus 2.5 now, so it looks like I agree with those moves, so that's um, not a situation where I would, I would uh, take the 2.5, but if you could find a 3 at reasonable Vig, I think that's worthy of a look as well, although points are just not worth as much in this game. There's going to This game is going to see a boatload of points at uh, 82.5. That total is the largest pregame total we've seen in college football since fall of 2018. So, honestly, you don't want to be buying points in a game like that. You don't want to buy points ever unless you can get it cheaper at a a key number uh, with exceptions there. But, But, no, you don't want to be buying points in a game with a total in the low 80s like that. All right, time to move on to NFL Week 8 like I said at the top last week was unbelievable it was the first nf or the first day in nfl history when there were five go ahead touchdown passes in the fourth quarter of five different games the 3b's per Vison's paulie howard this is the first time in the super bowl era where we've had three 5 and 2 teams that have been outscored that's the bills the bears and the browns the 3b's for us bears fans we're we're uh, back to the days of the defense scoring more points than the offense the bears have been held to 20 points or less three times this season five teams are averaging fewer points than the bears and those teams are a combined seven and 26 so far an interesting little tidbit there books got crushed last sunday lots of favorites came home which means lots of money parlays and teasers came through as well i've mentioned this several times this season already but NFL markets are moving so incredibly fast this season, more than ever before to the point where it's rather striking. These numbers are being hammered out by Sunday nights now with slim pickings on Monday mornings of the Week 8 game of the week with the Ravens-Steelers under. For example, the under 49 down to 46.5, 46 as an example early on in the week. The Monday night football under between the Bucks and the Giants at 47, when that, one, that one's now down to consensus 45 as I record this. And along those lines, there's a lot of wind on the forecast in the Midwest this Sunday, and there was a move on the total in a lot of games throughout the week so far. Weather can obviously have a massive impact on football totals we all know that but sometimes people tend to overreact to forecasts as well from a big picture perspective historical data has proven to all of us that rain or snow on the forecast in and of itself doesn't move the needle on total points scored in a game outside of extreme conditions of course but what really matters and what you should be paying attention to and obviously there's a correlation here is the wind when you combine precipitation and those elements with stronger winds That's where you historically see uh, massive value on the under in some spots. Sometimes you'll even see the weather pick up during the games and find yourself with a dream under spot and live wagering. But even then, as a rule of thumb, I don't consider anything under 15 to 20 miles per hour to be much of a factor when it comes to wind. But when winds go north of 20 miles per hour, that's where it really starts to be a consideration for me, and especially over 25 miles per hour, which is the range that we're seeing this week throughout the Midwest. And naturally... We've seen a move on these as the week has progressed, the Browns and the Raiders being one of them, the Packers and the Vikings, another one, the Bears and the Saints, and even the Patriots and and the Bills in Buffalo. We've seen some big moves on totals, and to be frank with you, it's fruitless to tell you guys about all the numbers that I got on Sunday uh, this past week when the numbers went up at most books and those weather-related totals um, that are no longer available. Nobody's here to hear that, of course, but what I can say is that You should pay special attention to some of these in live betting, especially in a spot where if you see an early touchdown or some fluke plays early on to get points on the board. At the same time, you see evidence of wind starting to pick up or wind picking up during the game. That's where you can really find some nice value on live betting markets, especially when the wind is when you uh, combine it with strong precipitation. But the wind really has got to be a factor unless the precipitation, you know, it's a a freaking monsoon rain monsoon where that really impacts the player's footing or obviously a snowstorm a massive one but usually there's a correlation there obviously too you get more wind sometimes when when uh, when it's more rainy and and snowy there's often a correlation there so that's something to definitely pay attention to the the live markets and like i said just just a bit ago here the early birds are eating up all the worms in the nfl markets this year historically i usually make about 80, 80% to 85% of my NFL bets for the following week by Monday or early Tuesday. But this year, most of the value seems to be sucked away by Monday morning, if not Sunday evening. So I'm finding myself a lot more busy this season on Sunday nights trying to grade games and adjust my numbers for the following week in time to lock in my positions um, even earlier on than I normally would. So it's tough. It's also tough you know, finding value as you approach kickoff. It always is in the NFL. So just remember that you know, when you're betting NFL the weekend of or the day of a game, usually you're betting into a 50-50 line where the markets markets are so so efficient, they hammer out these lines and, and there's so much money being bet into both sides where really it's being shaped all week, the lines in these games. So if you really want to find yourself in a, in a good spot, then you're going to put yourself in the best position by getting on these numbers early on before they move, which is obviously easier said than done, otherwise everybody would be doing it. All right, before I dive into the official Doggy Juice Pod NFL Week 8 plays, let's have a little visit with the Danimal and the Sage to hear who they're on this week. The Danimal has returned. If you've been following his picks on the Doggy Juice Pod this season, you are in the black right now. How are you doing on this wonderful Thursday, Danimal?
1: Can't complain. Um, It's getting dark and cold, though. Pretty depressing. Um, Clearly it means football is here. But um, I'm not one for this depressing weather and Chicago locking down again. So Loki, a little, a little bummed.
0: It's only going to get worse when daylight savings comes. I feel like that's always the, you know, the weekend that it's, Is that even this? I think it's in November, but um, we know when it gets dark by like 4:30 here in Chicago because we're like on the western part of the of uh, or sorry, the eastern part of the Central Time Zone. So it's it just gets really depressing after we turn the clocks up, you know, or start turning the clocks back, but it is what it is. Yep. Um, so you've got some plays for us this week in, in the NFL. Uh, what do you got for us?
1: Yeah, I got um, four more. I need to get off the two and two train here um, and stop picking crappy teams like the Cowboys. But um, anyways, we'll start with the Packers. I see some sevens even, but I also see some six and a half. So I would appreciate the 65 lock walk-in, um, but understand the minus seven. I have six-and-a-half, but I know that doesn't always count. But Packers, six-and-a-half over the Vikings. Titans, um, Bengals, I enjoy watching. They're fun. They're keeping games, but I think the Titans just destroy the Bengals this weekend. Five, five-and-a-half, I don't think that number matters. Give me the Titans over the Bengals. The Bills. I don't know if it's going to be a popular pick. It's three and a half. Um, I think the Patriots stink. I know this is going to be bad weather. Patriots are going to run the ball. Bills haven't looked great. I just, I think the Patriots are dead. So give me Buffalo. They want to beat the Pats. Control the division. Bills minus three and a half. Last one, going to the well again with the Steelers. I don't love them as much this week. I saw Baltimore was given three, three and a half the other day held off. I'm seeing fours now. Um, take the Steelers. Sprinkle it on the money line. I just think the Steelers are really, really good. So those are my four picks. Packers, Bills, Titans,
0: and Steelers. Good stuff, man. You got any uh, any plans to watch the games this weekend or anything special to celebrate um, on another Sunday?
1: Not much. <laughs> in up in a Michigan for some breweries and wineries. Perfect timing to get out of Illinois. But um, yeah, just another
0: Red Zone Sunday, hopefully. Right on, dude. All right, enjoy the games. Good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, take care.
0: All right, we're back. You all know him as the Sage, a.k.a. Better Call Paul. How's it going, man?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it.
0: So some news just dropped. You're you're a big – I know you're living out in L.A. right now, but you're a big Chicago White Sox fan, and and the news dropped today – that they brought in Tony LaRussa officially as the new manager. Very curious to hear your thoughts on that hire.
2: Uh, yes, very aware. I got, I think my brother texted me, was the first one. And then all of a sudden, I literally, I think I got like 25 text uh, <laughs> group chats and then just different people being like, are they serious? I mean, I've never managed a, a big league game in my life. I'm, a, I, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm not going to say that I dislike him but I'm a little skeptical on why they hired a guy who hasn't coached since 2011. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I know why they did because Jerry Reinsdorf wanted him, but I, I just don't know if it makes the best sense for a team that's young. And traditionally he has not been the best with younger players. Um, hmm. Not saying that he's been bad, obviously pool host and all that has come through, but you know, for guys looking to get through the big leagues or make their mark, he hasn't been the best at getting the best out of that, but Guys won three world championships, so also got that yeah. going for
0: him. Yeah, the pedigrees, obviously, there. And no, it's like I'm I'm pretty shocked by it too. Like, I know like a lot of our Sox fan friends were not the biggest fan of this move early on. And like obviously only time will tell. But like, do you did you have someone else that you were um that you were eyeballing that you would have rather seen Jerry hire for the job?
2: Well, I mean, I think everyone wanted AJ Pierzynski just quickly, uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone yeah. loved that guy. No, but uh I I honestly was cool with, like, an Alex Cora or A.J. Hinch, obviously, coming off their suspensions. Uh, You know, I just – or someone that could help the team, you know, grow in the next years. Like, LaRusso's 76. Like, if the White Sox want to make a run for the next couple years, like, is he realistically going to be there for, like, five years? Like, I think maybe two to three years max. I mean, he's going to be 77 during the season this year. So, it's – I'm just – I don't know long-term, like He's not a bad manager by any means. It's just, I just feel like if it makes no sense if you were thinking for the long term, unless they're he's going to bring on a guy who's going to take over. And, but, you know, I, I'm just a little skeptical, but I'm not mad. I'm just skeptical.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that seems to be the prevailing sentiment right now with all the Sox fans. It's like, you know, he's obviously... It's brought in now that they think the team's ready to win now. And, and obviously, the futures odds and the, and the season win totals odds are reflecting that the White Sox are, are, are up there on the odds boards, on futures boards heading into next year. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Like to, one,
2: I think for the already for next year. What was that? I think they were like eight to one or 12 to one, something like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It varies. I mean, I, uh, you could even find them as high as I know offshore, I could see a 16 to one right now. You can Jeez. get them. But, um, but yeah, it seems to be these legal books here here in the, in the states they're they're lower for sure but yeah it's gonna be interesting man it's uh we'll see but at least there's gonna be uh Sox fans regardless i think are gonna be pretty pumped about the fact that they're pretty clearly gonna be a leg up over the cubs this year or heading into next yeah. year <laughs> i mean
2: they just need some pitching i feel like their offense maybe a right fielder a backup catcher but that they're, they're, it comes down to pitching they need at least one or two more starters. They don't even need to be high profile guys, but just consistent guys. Obviously, Bauer would be amazing.
0: But all right. all right, well, let's shift this now. You've got some plays for us um, in in the NFL this week, and obviously, you're coming off a couple of weeks ago taking taking out the Danimal and the the Sage Danimal Pizza Challenge. So, uh, yeah, what do you, what do you got for us on on the Week Eight card?
2: So a few of the plays that I already made, and they have shifted a little bit already. Um, Yesterday I I was able to lock in the Ravens. It did move to minus 115, but they were at minus three. Uh, They've now since gone up to now it's minus three and a half, minus 110. But I was able to get them at three. Uh, The games between these two guys, these two teams, are always amazing, very physical. Uh, I just think the Ravens coming off a bye. Big game for the Steelers last week on the road. Now uh, going on the road again, uh, you know, I just would like, I, th- I think the Ravens are going to prevail on this one, but I think it's going to be super close. So just wanted to get that three before I had to get another score or another point. Um, <laughs> and then the other game that I already went and selected, it is the Seahawks minus two and a half. That has since gone up to three. Um, Russ coming off a loss. I know their defense isn't very good. And the, the 49ers have rolled the last two weeks against the Rams um, and then the Patriots, but you know, physical home game, then going across the country to the Patriots now coming back for another physical game with Russ coming off a, a loss in that pick at the end, which I still have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> like, I, I just don't know if the receivers missed it, but he just threw it. And no one was looking. And then the rookie <laughs> from uh, the Cardinals just picked it off. But uh, those are the two plays I like early. Um, I'm still looking at a few things. I, I do am leaning towards the Dolphins uh this week as well at four. I might even sprinkle a little bit on the money line. I I'm skeptical though because I, you know, we haven't seen two up, but right. I do like the dolphins in this in this uh top.
0: Nice. Sounds good, dude. Those uh good job getting the best numbers on those because yeah, I mean it it, it looks like the San Francisco line is starting to come back down. Some listeners out there might be able to get the two and a half, but like you said, that, that puppy's at three right now as we're speaking.
2: Yeah, it shot up yesterday. I think it was like it when I placed it and then I looked a few hours later, it was back at three, but it was like minus 120. And then now it's down uh, on the site that I placed it on and that it's minus 105 at, at minus three for the Seahawks. So uh, right. coming back a little bit or actually going towards the Niners, but you know, I just felt like that two and a half field goal game at home Obviously, the fans don't mean anything up in (laughs) Seattle, but I I do like them coming off a loss.
0: Right. Nice, man. Well, uh, thanks for speaking. Thanks for giving us your insight on the the White Sox hire, and good luck with your action this week.
2: I appreciate it, Dan. I'm going to look forward to that pizza this weekend. Thank you. (laughs) Talk to you later, man. See you, bud.
0: All right. Thank you very much to the Danimal and the Sage, a.k.a. Better Call Paul. They'll both be back next week with more picks. Now it's time to close out the pod with the official Doggy Juice Pod Week 8 NFL Plays. Like Like I said earlier on the pod, we saw a pretty sizable move on some unders here in the Midwest early in the week. These won't count as official pod plays since they aren't available, but the two ones that I got down on for full positions are Packers-Vikings, at under 53 and a half and the browns raiders under 52 and a half myself so i wasn't able to get the very best of it but it was uh one of those spots where the market was clearly dropping down based off the weather report and the probability was very high that it would be getting a favorable number as the week dragged on and the forecast became more solid. So, uh, both of those totals are sitting at 51 right now as I record this on Thursday. 52 is a relatively key total in the NFL, so 51 is really far from ideal, obviously. Late to the party on that, but I definitely still lean that way uh, and think that these numbers can continue to drop entering Sunday, so there's nothing wrong with taking a smaller position on those two totals at the current market numbers. One under that isn't outdoors, but one that I do like and that's still showing value on my stuff is the Lions Colts under 50. Neither of these two teams are particularly fast. Uh, In fact, the Colts are bottom seven in pace so far this season and add in a more well-rested Colts defense coming off its bye and a Lions defense that has shown improvement off their off thereby uh, from two weeks ago. The Colts are right up there, the top of the league with the Bucs in opponent yards per play at 4.8. Detroit is more middle of the pack there, but I think that the Lions' defense is a bit undervalued by the marketplace at this point in time. So anything under 49, uh, 49 or better under, is worthy of a one-unit play for me this week, so I'll gladly go under 50 in the Lions-Colts game this Sunday. In terms of the side on that one, I do lean the Lions at 25 um, and catching, uh, I, I'm seeing some plus threes out there as well. You can go on DraftKings on Thursday, uh, Illinois Batters and catch that. Uh, it's not much of an edge according to my numbers, but catching a field goal with the improving Lions at home is worthy of a small position this week, and obviously sprinkle some money line on the live dog at home as well. It isn't pretty, but the Broncos catching three at home against the Chargers is showing on my stuff as well. I think this game is part market overreaction and part underestimating a Denver team that just two weeks ago upset the Patriots on the road. I think uh, this is a divisional matchup. It stays close. I would scoop scoop up the plus three with either side, so I'll be adding Broncos plus three to my NFL portfolio this weekend. Anthony Lynn laying anything over three or three always has me looking at the other side. This is a smaller position, but the Browns laying 2.5 against the Raiders at home. The market looks like it could be overreacting a bit to Odell Beckham Jr.'s season-ending injury last week. Matchup-wise, too, the Browns should be able to move the ball on the Raiders' defense, and the Browns' pass defense is well-equipped to slow down Carr and the Raiders' aerial attack. So at 2.5, I think it's worthy of a play on Cleveland here in this spot. And there are a couple games that particularly interest me from a fundamental matchup standpoint this week. I swear it's not me, Cops. Um, And that is the big marquee game between the Ravens and the Steelers, and also the battle in Buffalo between the Bills and the Patriots. I did scoop up New England plus four and a half on FanDuel Sunday evening because I thought that line was a little bit too high. Markets agreed with me; it's come down to three and a half. But at three and a half or better, I think the Patriots are still worth a look this week for a bit less than a normal full position. Um, not necessarily from a strict number standpoint, but from a more of a matchup standpoint, the Patriots' strength on offense is running the running the football, and this is exactly where the Bills struggle. Um, on on their run defense. and The Bills' defense in general is nowhere near where it was last year. A lot of that's due to injury, and the Coppers are really all over the place in Chicago today. Um, It's an all-in spot for New England, too. I think catching north of a field goal is a good bet on Belichick and and, uh, New England this week. It's just a good spot. Um, In terms of the Ravens' Steelers, I definitely lean the Steelers there. The last remaining... Unbeaten team in the NFL, Steelers. And if you listen back to the ending of episode 81 on the Doggy Juice Pod back on March 31st, I gave out the Steelers as a value play in the futures markets for this season. Just saying. But anyway, that as the sage pointed out, it's far from an ideal spot for Pittsburgh coming off the shootout with the Titans, and uh, the Ravens are off their bye week. On the flip side, but fundamentally, one of the Steelers' biggest strengths is their run defense, and that's where the Ravens lean heavily. They run. They run it more than any other team in the NFL. So this matchup uh, plays pretty nicely into the Steelers' hands from that standpoint, but as I said earlier, my position on that one is the under 49, which we're not going to see again, and I'm really looking forward to catching that one live. We might be able to catch some some early clues in live wagering as to which way this one might be going. In terms of leans, um, I definitely lean the way of the Vikings catching a touchdown at Green Bay. I know the Dimers bot over at is showing a nice 8.7 percent edge on Minnesota in that spot at plus seven in a game uh, that was lined at four points um, to begin, or in, sorry, in the preseason. Yes, the Packers have outperformed market expectations, and the Vikings certainly have not, but I lean the Vikings' way here, catching the full touchdown. The Packers also. Uh, coming back from consecutive row games could be a little bit more distractions. Obviously they came home in between those, I believe, so it's not that big of a deal, but uh, but the Vikings, I think, are worthy of a look when you when you look at the totality of circumstances here catching a, a whole touchdown. <laughs> As for our hometown Chicago Bears, they're catching four and a half points at home against the Saints with the total down to 43 and a half after opening consensus 47. This line's right around where I make it, so no bet for me. Although forced to lean, I'd go with the Saints. The Saints were laying two and a half on the look ahead last week. With a little bit of extra juice, but I'm kind of kicking myself for not taking a piece of that because I had a small position on the Rams against the Bears last week and expected the Saints to win in their game as well against the Panthers. So it was foreseeable that this line would jump over the field goal fence, which we can obviously see it did in terms of teasers we are five and one are on our official doggy juice pod teaser of the week this season after passing one of the weeks this week there are not as many options unfortunately the Falcons did fit uh tonight Thursday night going up to one and a half from uh, sorry from one and a half from seven and a half catching the points actually that line's at minus one now so I don't even think you could do that right now as I'm recording this but uh That one just doesn't show for me though, especially with a higher total. The Lions, they are there at plus two and a half, but you could find plus threes out there in the marketplace. So from a pure math perspective, you're just better off taking the field goal with the Lions, with with the home dog there. The Raiders fit from plus two and a half to to plus eight and a half against the Browns, but obviously like I just said a little bit ago, my power ratings show value, slight value on the Browns in that spot. So that's not a play I'm gonna make. The 49ers are now down to plus two and a half, which puts them in place as well. And the Eagles, they I did see them at eight and a half in their game against the Cowboys. So, you could, if you still have a spot where you can find it at eight and a half, down to two and a half, tease through the key numbers of seven and three. But it looks like that line is settling out at nine consensus right now. So, I can't really give that one out. So, unfortunately, this week we're going to pass for the second week this season. But you don't get to five and one, a five and one record by forcing plays. So, remember that as better as our biggest edge over the bookies is we get to keep or so we get to pick and choose our spots while they have to put a number up on every game. So, You're doing a disservice to yourself if you're going to be forcing plays just to make a play. So we're going to pass on the official Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week this week. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. I really appreciate all of you listening and a special welcome to all of the new listeners out there. I'll be back next week with a look at more football. We also have college basketball on the horizon quickly approaching. Those games are slated to start the day before Thanksgiving right now, I know that's later than usual. Usually we have uh, second first, second week of November. We're getting those early college basketball tournaments that actually matter. The regular season starts up, but uh, it's going to start later this year, obviously with COVID-19 changing everyone's plans. But long-term, long-time Doggy Juice Pod listeners know that college hoops is my favorite sport to watch and to handicap and bet on. And if I had to pick one part of one sport to bet on for the rest of my life, it would definitely be college basketball totals. Also be on the lookout for another interview with the lads over at the Top Class Finish Soccer Podcast soon. The Champions League has already started, so I'm going to sit down with those guys soon to break down where things are over in Europe and to see if we can find any value out there in the marketplace. Namely, we'll see if we can find this year's Atalanta. All right, as always, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice, and please hit subscribe and rate the pod on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Anything to help spread the word helps and is much appreciated. And be sure to get those picks in for the first week of the NFL Sweet Six over at Dimers.com. Talk to you all next week. Good luck with your bets. Doggy Juice out. (laughs)